time for a brand new episode of the Golden Blue Nation podcast. Angelica Trenone here with you today and a very special guest on the program this week. It's former Mountaineer guard and current New York Nick Deuce McBride. Deuce, been quite a uh, busy few months for you, so we're happy that you can make time for us here on the podcast because, you know, you're out here internationally traveling. You're like walking in fashion shows, right? You're you're now with the Knicks for another year, and then, of course, you've got some youth camps coming up that is the primary thing we'll be talking about with you here today. But, man, uh, it just seems like you're a man on a mission here lately. Yeah, I'm, I'm currently sitting in Brazil right now. Uh, uh, yeah, my girlfriend's from down here, so I'm in her hometown in the south of Brazil. Uh, just working out, hanging with her family. Like I said, international traveler. <laughs> Weren't you just in Italy? Did I see you posting that you were in Italy recently? Yeah, I was in Italy and Milan, and then I went to Paris. So I've been on the move. <laughs> okay, so you're going to be in Brazil, and then about this time next week, you're going to be back here in West Virginia to have these pop-up camps. So two of them will be taking place here in this state a week from today. That one will be July 28th in the Wheeling area at the Highland Sports Complex and then July 30th here in Morgantown at Milan Park. Two sessions for both of those pop-up camps. You've got ages 6 to um, 12, 9 a.m. to noon, then 13 to 18, 1 p.m. to 4 p.m. So a pretty big age, age range there. But what led you to want to start these camps and then, of course, bringing them back here to West Virginia as well? Uh, honestly, I've been going to camps, obviously, my whole life, basketball and stuff. And uh, I always wanted to be that guy that, you know, came back to his hometown and put on a camp. And, you know, West Virginia became a second home to me. So I definitely wanted to give back there and, you know, be a, a an NBA player that came back and, and kids can really look up to. So I think it was a, a combination of time and opportunity. So you're having two camps in Cincinnati as well. So four total. And like you said, covering both of those home bases for you. But if kids were to sign up for these camps and they were going to come, what would they be learning? Just what would that entail at these camps for the participant? Yeah, I think the main thing when it comes to these camps, obviously, it's a short time. I'm not going to be with these kids uh, throughout the next couple months, years and, and whatnot. But I want to give them things that they can really do on their own, because growing up, I didn't have great access to the gym other than when I was in season. So my brother and I, we were in the backyard with my dad and, you know, we had a small court. So I just want to give them things that they can really work on uh, by themselves or, you know, with their brother, or with their family, things like that. And really just kind of teach them those aspects of the games. And then with the older kids, I really want to, you know, show them what, you know, maybe their high school coaches are looking for and college coaches are looking for things that are going to really get them to the next level. So let me ask you this, is this, you know, Kids with maybe no basketball experience, no prior experience, they can still come to these camps and learn the basics. So for while it is of all ages, it seems like it's, you know, for all skill levels as well, that there's something there for everyone, even if you don't have a basketball background. Yeah, most definitely. I think the one thing that's great about basketball is you can uh, you can always get back to the basics. I mean, there are things that I was doing when I was six year olds that I still do this, to this day. So I think that's the great thing about basketball is, I mean, few have mastered the fundamentals. You can say few and, and maybe none have, would say they've even mastered it. So there's no reason to, to stop working on them. And, you know, you just brought up the importance of having camps for these younger kids, something you yourself went through. And, you know, Javon Carter was just back in town as well. He had his treadmill mentality camp, another former Mountaineer guard just for 
players like you and Javon Deuce, how important is it for you that once, you know, you've reached this point in your career that you're almost using that status as a way to help give back and, you know, maybe inspire the next generation of basketball players who can maybe one day grow up to be a Mountaineer too? Yeah, that's the main thing. We really just want to inspire kids and, you know, follow in our footsteps, just be really good role models. Obviously, I'm, I'm looking up to a guy like Javon, uh, seeing his success uh, and him getting a great contract. And obviously, I want that to happen to me next. But I also want, you know, the next kid from a small town, you know, that thinks he can't make it because he's too small. You know, he's not athletic enough. I want them to see that there's ways to make it because you can you can say me and Javon have a lot of talents, but we're also missing out on on a lot. So you just have to figure it out. So we're trying to help them help kids really get those keys and, you know, unlock some of their hidden talents. And you and Javon, just really two guys who I think we have all seen, you know, you didn't get to where you are without the hard work. We've seen all the hard work that you guys have put in. So if people are interested, they want to get involved in these camps. Is there a place they need to go online and register or just where's, you know, the quickest way to find some more information about how to get um, registered for the camp? So you can go to eventbrite.com uh, and search my name, Miles Deuce McBride, basketball camp. It should pop up right there. It's also in my my bios and on Twitter and Instagram. But Eventbrite would probably be the quickest way. Just go to Eventbrite. I think the bright is spelled B-R-I-T-E. Um, so eventbrite.com, search Miles Deuce McBride and, and go ahead and, and get registered. And we'll make sure to have something up on our website, goldenbluenation.com as well. Um, so that way, if for some reason those listening can't find it there, we'll have another way for you to get involved too. But you just brought something up about Javon and his contract. He's now with the Chicago Bulls. And, you know, last month, the Knicks picked up your $1.8 million option. You're at least going to be with them for the 2023-24 season. For just a player just starting out, I mean, as we're sitting here talking now, I was kind of going back and looking. We're almost to the day of the anniversary that you got the call from the Knicks two years ago that uh, you would be joining them. So what did that mean to you whenever you got that news that you were going to be continuing on with the Knicks? Oh, it's an amazing feeling. Anything you hear, uh, guaranteed money, I think uh, you get a little happy. So it was it was a great feeling. Um, people were saying, oh, they're automatically going to pick it up. But and when you get to this level, it's, it's a whole different business. So until then, I had no clue. So when they told me that they really see a future with me and things like that, it just gives me more confidence to go to go work out and, and just keep represent, representing, you know, New York the right way. So now after two seasons, we've seen you kind of bounce around, play a little bit, just lighting people up in the G League with Westchester. And then, you know, sometimes you'd be back on the train, you're back there sitting courtside with the Knicks for their game too, um, kind of going between both within that organization. How has playing at Westchester, do you think, not only helped you in terms of working on your game, but also showing those in the Knicks organization, you know, what you're capable of uh, uh, in the future with them too. Yeah, uh, it's, it's been a tremendous help uh, just going down there and just continue to build my confidence, work on my game. And as well as, you know, I think the NBA is a lot, a lot of like, what are you doing lately? What are you doing as of now? So I think it also gives them a reminder that, you know, I'm still a player that, you know, they drafted for a reason and, when I go down there and do what I do, I think it also, you know, would allow me to gain more interest, obviously, from other teams and and things like that. But obviously, I want to stay with the Knicks. And but I just think it helps them understand that I'm a really good player and, and I'm someone 
someone that they should, you know, hold tightly. Where do you think your what aspect of the game do you of your game do you think has changed the most since becoming a professional? Just where have you really grown over these past uh, two years to be the player you are now? I think really just uh, the pace and the mental side of the game. You know, obviously, I think the strength training is a lot different. Um, you know, I'll actually, we kind of lift more uh, than I did in college and, and previously, which is interesting. But I think just the pace of the game, you know, you can watch on TV, you can be a big course side, but until you're out there with, you know, the highest level of basketball players, you really can't can't get a feel for it. So I think in the last two years, like, I understand it. I understand the little tricks, the little, you know, little hidden things that people might not see, but can be a huge, a huge advantage. So over the past uh, couple of years, you've got some time with the Knicks and I'm going to ask you this and I feel like I already know what the answer is, but do you remember the first time you went out there with the Knicks and actually played in an NBA game? Do you remember that experience? I, I honestly, I wish I did, um, but I don't. I think uh, so much has happened, <laughs> obviously, since then. You know, you remember little little bits of it. But, you know, for me, it's a it's a comfort a comfort level. So I think it's a good thing that I, don't, I didn't have like a wow, I'm in the NBA because I felt so comfortable out there. I think it was just something I was supposed to do my whole life. So now where you're at in, in this point, what do you think that you need to do? in terms of taking your game to the next level, continuing to progress, whether it be something you've seen within yourself, something that you've had um, conversations with, with those in the organization, is there a key area right now that you're focused on taking to the next step? I think just uh, my, my consistency, you know, my rhythm as a player comes from, you know, a lot of time, you know, working on my game as well as getting time on the court and, I think that would lead me to a lot of consistent play. And I think that's just the main thing I'm, I'm making sure I'm doing because you, not everybody can go out there and shoot it 20 times. So you have to be efficient and consistent in a very small amount of time. Well, you know, since we got to spend some time with you when you were here at West Virginia, some some might say we're a little biased when I read this next thing, right? But Deuce, nobody goes harder for you on the Knicks Twitter than us here at GBN. Every time we're like, where's Deuce? Put him in. I saw something earlier that had said, um, you had played more than 15 minutes in 25 games with the Knicks over your two NBA seasons, and the Knicks are 20 and five in that span. So, in, in case you needed anybody else hyping you up to the Knicks, there there is us telling the parent organization that Deuce McBride needs to stick around, needs to be out there <laughs> on the court for you. But what do you think has surprised you the most? being in the NBA. I mean, you know, you talk about not really being able to remember that first game. I'm sure there are so many things that run together, but there's those things that are, you know, probably expected whenever you become a professional athlete, but then there's maybe those things that you didn't really take into account. You didn't realize. So what has surprised you the most since becoming an NBA player? I don't know if it's a, it's like a good thing or a bad thing to say necessarily because I don't want like kids thinking like, oh, I can turn it on, turn it off. But I think people can see that there are, there are a lot of NBA guys that are really just on a different level, a level of and capable of turning it off and turning it on. You know, one week they might be might be slacking a little bit, but then for some reason something hits them and, you know, they're playing the best basketball they can possibly play. So I would say that is the biggest surprise because I for sure don't work like that. <laughs>
Who would you say to this point has been within the Knicks organization, a fellow player, maybe it's a coach, someone behind the scenes, just within the Knicks, who has been the most influential person to your game over the past two years in terms of just trying to, you know, help you get ready for being on this big stage? Man, um, I don't think I can really attest it to one person, uh, but you know, the vets really just come to mind, like Derrick Rose, Julius Randle, Evan Fournier. I mean, all the vets, you know, even Jalen this year, just coming in and, and showing how to be a leader by example and also a leader by a leader by action. Uh, I mean, they've all just been constantly talking to me because at one point in their career, they were, you know, in and out of rotations. They were, you know, weren't getting the minutes, weren't getting the shots. So it's always about keeping the main thing, the main thing and just just trusting your work. So you just brought up some pretty big name guys. And I'm sure if, you know, you go back to a younger Deuce McBride, who's just, you know, hoping he got to the to the day to be in this position. How do you kind of balance that Deuce of, you know, playing with some guys who are very well known that you have maybe looked up to and now realizing that you're, you know, kind of right there within the same realm as them in terms of now being professionals? Just what's that balance kind of like of, you know, walking into the gym and being like, oh, it's Derrick Rose or, hey, that's actually my teammate. <laughs> now yeah you know I, I, don't, I don't take it for granted um the the position i'm in to learn from these guys because obviously they're they were doing it at the highest level you know a guy like derrick rose being the youngest mvp um you obviously have to have open ears whenever he talks and you know seeing julius randall being a two-time all-star and obviously i think jalen brunson should have been all-star this year but you know i'm not taking for granted you know the type of leaders they are because i feel like they were also listeners and in my position at one time. So I always felt like the best leaders were the best listeners and, and want to learn and continue to learn. So those are the biggest things that I feel like uh, have really helped me. So another aspect that comes with being a professional athlete, the, I mean, just the fit that you roll up in to these games do. <laughs> we've seen your fashion evolve as well as we've seen your game evolve too. How fun is it from that aspect? Like I, I had mentioned there at the beginning, you were just like walking in a fashion show and I'm sure that's something that you probably weren't expecting whenever you became a professional basketball player, but just how fun has it been on that side to show your personality a little bit and kind of who you are away from the court as well? Yeah, it's, it's been super fun. I was super honored to, to have walked into a Paris fashion show. Um, that was amazing. Um, a great experience for me. But, you know, I think just being confident in who I am off the court just translates to on the court. And, you, you know, uh, people have their own style. Obviously, they might like mine, they might not. But it's about expressing yourself and just uh, having fun with it. How did that come about, you walking in the Paris fashion show? I mean, was that something you kind of like had your sights set on? Was that something that kind of just happened very quickly? They reached out to you. Just how how did that come about? Yeah, so they actually reached out to uh, one of my creative consultants that, you know, helps me with a couple of the fits and things like that. And she, uh, she was like, if you want to do it, they're huge basketball fans. They grew up watching the NBA. And I was like, yeah, of course. Like, who wouldn't want to add that to the resume, you know, walking in a Paris fashion show? So how would you describe your personal style? Like what's what's Deuce McBride look for whenever he's getting a game day fit ready? I think uh, comfort is a big thing for me, just being comfortable. Uh, I don't want anything too loud, but I also want you to, you know, know I'm there. Know I made a little statement, you know, be able to look over there and say, oh, that's a good fit. Like, I wish I could wear something like that. And you can, you know, if you 
you feel that confident in your style, there's no reason you can't. Yes, you, you've had quite a few, many great fits that we love here in the office. And I love it, it being on Nick's game day. They're putting out, you know, everybody arriving and we're all like, where's Deuce? We've got to see the drip <laughs> he's wearing. So that's been something I think we've all started to look forward to as well. But, you know, what do you think it has in terms of what you learned being at West Virginia? Is there something that you really take from your time of your college years that you can kind of attribute to, hey, I learned this here and that's what helped get me to this point? Man, the the discipline that I learned at West Virginia was was huge because the time management, obviously in the NBA, it's you're on your own time. And, you know, people say that about college and, you know, I think some colleges kind of hold your hand through through things um, with West Virginia, it was Coach Huggins saying, if you act like a man, I'm going to treat you like a man. And, you know, you know when you're supposed to be in the gym, you know where you're supposed to be on time. And I think him, you know, putting that trust in me as a, you know, a young guy uh, and then to trust me to be a leader of the team as a sophomore, I think that really just helped me translate it to the next level. And like I said, you know, the best listeners are the best leaders. So I feel like that would allow me to continue to do that throughout my career. And, you know, it doesn't feel like you've been gone from West Virginia that long, but just college athletics has changed in really that short amount of time. I mean, you know, you've got a lot of athletes here that have been able to capitalize on NIL. You know, you're driving through town. There's, you know, Eric Stevenson and Emmett Matthews up on a billboard. You know what I mean? Just how have you kind of thought about that of just, you know, sometimes like, man, that it's crazy how things have changed and maybe just how different things could have been for you in your time here if they were the way that they are now. Oh, absolutely. I, I don't think there's anybody that, you know, left college in the last three, four years that isn't wishing they could have, you know, made a few hundred thousand dollars versus walking out of college with a few hundred dollars <laughs> in your bank account. If that, um, I mean, it's, it's great to see guys, you know, obviously I thought, NCA sports was a business. So if you're going to treat it like a business, you got employees. So you got to pay your employees. And it's great to see that an aspect that guys are getting what they what they've earned. You know, they've worked their whole lives for things. Um, I think obviously there should be regulations with certain things, but I'm sure that will come and if it gets too out of control. But overall, I'm happy to see happy to see guys get paid. And now, too, just the way that the Big 12 has also changed, going to be 14 members in, there's only going to be a handful of teams that you play home and away, some away only, some home only. Um, so so definitely going to be a lot of changes on the horizon for, you know, college athletics more specifically here in Morgantown, but also in terms of new coaches at West Virginia. Josh Eilert will be the coach for the next season here with a WVU men's basketball. And he's someone who, you know, he's been in the program for so long. You've had the opportunity to work alongside him in a different role. Um, just, you know, what do you think about, you know, what do you think would make Josh Eilert, a good head coach. And what do you remember from your time working with him and his influence on you? Yeah, I mean, Josh is positivity and, you know, his energy. I think he's going to give to the guy as he, he's able to re relate with guys very well. You know, he was somebody always had an open door, somebody I could always come and talk to about anything, you know, just wasn't basketball with him. And I think him having that relationship with guys, uh, and them knowing and understanding that he, he's a leader, you know, he's somebody that's going to be able to take charge and in those pressure moments, because people might say that, oh, we're adding UCF or, or UCF or USF? UCF. Uh, UCF, right. Um, and, you know, Houston, that 
you know, it's not going to be as strong, but, you know, the conference got better with, with schools like that. So I think in those high pressure moments, Josh is going to be ready. So I think the guys just have to trust them and so do the fans because it's, it's a process. So, you know, we talk about some of the new members, but just was thinking here with Cincinnati coming in, being from close to the area you're from <laughs> now when West Virginia plays Cincinnati. Something tells me, though, that the McBride household is still going to be golden blue no matter what. Oh, without a doubt. I mean, my dad went to Xavier and my mom went to Ohio State. So UC's UC's been an enemy for a long, long time. <laughs> yeah, that's awesome. Um, Along the line of coaches, though, wanted to get your thoughts on Jordan McCabe coming back. He was someone who you had the <laughs> opportunity to play with. And now, you know, there was talk of, oh, Jordan's going to come back and be a GA. And then now all of a sudden he's just an assistant coach. He's back here in Morgantown. Just kind of give us some insight into Jordan. I mean, obviously it's been quite a few years since you guys were together, but still had some time to get to know him. And he's one of those guys too, that just seems like has such a high basketball IQ as well. Oh, without a doubt. I mean, Jordan's going to bring so much to the, to the team and just being somebody, I mean, obviously Josh can relate to the guys, but Jordan, he was sitting in their chair just a couple of years ago and, I think his basketball IQ is just going to be on a different level because, you know, as a player, you watch film and you go out there and practice and you're dealing with school. But now he's going to really just have such such a long time just to really, you know, really dive into things. I think that's going to be huge for the guy's development there. And, you know, I'm, I'm super happy for him. I'm super proud of him. He's a guy that I could text right now and he'll respond. So he, they picked a great guy as well as uh, Alex and Deshaun, who I got to work with this last year. What was your uh, interactions like with Deshaun? If I remember when you guys matched up, obviously he was, you know, in the in a coaching role whenever you guys had fate. I think it was, was it two years ago when you guys matched up when he was still in the G League? Uh, yeah, 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 two years yeah, ago. And you had played, yeah, and I remember your team <laughs> got the win there, but just what were those interactions like with Deshaun? I mean, he is someone who has you can't think of West Virginia basketball without thinking of Deshaun Butler. And now he's going to be back in this role. And, you know, for a guy like you to have had the opportunity to play here and then get to cross paths with him, just what was that experience like? Oh, I mean, in the G League, you could tell he was a competitor because obviously we had known each other from, you know, our past past school. But, you know, he wanted to be me and I wanted to be him. And, you know, when he came over to the Knicks, he brought that that competitive spirit and, and workouts, we'd be like, oh, who can make the most shots? Oh, you're not going to make this one. So that competitive spirit is what you need out of coach because he's always going to keep it positive as well. And he's going to let you know what you did wrong. But, you know, when you're hearing such positive things and in a positive manner, I think it builds guys' confidence. So I think he's going to bring that. And obviously just being a great player, I know he's proud to be proud to be back home. Now, let me ask you this, Deuce. I know, you know, Jordan, Alex Ruoff, Deshaun, even DeMar Johnson being there as well. These are a lot of young guys who are really not that far removed from the game and some of them in different aspects, whether it be like, you know, Alex Ruoff with the pro level, Deshaun got to coach a little bit in the NBA, be a video coordinator. DeMar had a lengthy pro career as well. What do you think that that can do for this next generation of Mountaineer basketball to just have those guys who are just so in touch with the way things have been changing and really the, Hey, I can show you cause I have been there and done that. What do you think that that can do for college athletes just to have that type of mentorship in a coaching staff? It's huge. I think just like you said, I mean, 
when you're out there, it's a total different feeling than being coached by somebody that hasn't been really involved with the game in the same way you have that's played at the same level you have. So you're seeing things totally different. But now, now, you know, we always use that excuse like, oh, you know, it's been this amount of time since you've played or whatever. But no, Jordan was right there. So he knows it hasn't changed that much. So he he knows what he's talking about. So I think it's going to be on on the players just to be trusting and understand that, you know, guys that might not have had lengthy, you know, long NBA careers, but still played basketball at a very high level is, is very hard. And it's a testament to them and their hard work and their discipline to be able to do that. So I think it's going to be uh, on the players to get in what they, uh, what they put in. Now Deuce, before we let you go, I'm going to, I'm going to put you on the spot here. I'm just, Doing the math of when you're going to be in Wheeling, you're going to be here. TBT is also going to be happening in Wheeling. Best Virginia is going to be playing. Is there a chance that we see you in the stands? Uh, maybe even behind the bench, who knows, honorary coach. We'll <laughs> see. Is there a chance that we could see you at TBT in Wheeling? Uh, there, there definitely is a chance. Um, I'm, I'm trying to get that in the works right now as we speak. So we're going we're gonna, to uh, we're gonna see about that. So here in the next couple of days, whenever they say honorary coach Deuce McBride, everybody <laughs> to hear first. We heard that it was a possibility. Um, right, Deuce. It's been so great chatting with you. Um, so good to see you through the computer. Uh, we appreciate you taking the time, not even in the country, just to chat with us. So before we officially let you go, just want to remind everybody once again: you've got the camp coming up July eighth, that in the Wheeling area at the Highland Sports Complex, and then July thirtieth here in Morgantown at Milan Park. Deuce had said earlier in the program of, of, you know, where you could go in order to find a way to register for this. We'll also have a full story over at goldenbluenation.com and on our digital platforms as well for you guys to get signed up and get involved. And um, we look forward to seeing you there at the Camp Deuce. It's going to be great to see you giving back to the community. You're someone who's meant so much to Mountaineer basketball, even in your short amount of time. And I'm sure all of these people who go to your camps are really just going to appreciate that you are still so connected with Mountaineer Nation. Yeah, I really appreciate it. I mean, like I said, I'm I'm going to put a lot of work into this camp. I've been on the phone constantly with everybody involved. And, you know, you're coming to the camp, you're going to get a shirt, you know, autograph session with me. You're going to be able to kind of talk to me a little bit more one-on-one. And then I'm going to give them a meal after, you know, they're going to get some free food out of it. So, you know, I think it's well worth, uh, you know, the money to, to spend. And hey, if, if kids want to dress up, maybe we'll do a little fashion show entrance in honor yeah. of Deuce whenever they yeah, want to do. That'd be cool. Well, Deuce, thanks so much. It's been great chatting with you, and we will see you at the camp next week. Absolutely. Appreciate you having me on. So Golden Blue Nation will be at the camp at the 30th at Milan Park. Make sure to stay tuned to our Golden Blue Nation digital platforms as well as GoldenBlueNation.com. We'll have full coverage from Deuce's camp and also from TBT Action. Best Virginia begins their run on Tuesday. Thanks, everyone, for being with us, and we'll talk to you next time right here on the Golden Blue Nation podcast.